We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. Episode 758 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, February 8, 2024. It is NBA trade deadline day, 2024. Potentially a big day for our tanking and rebuilding wizards. You know, trade deadline days have become rather big deals around here, given the states of our teams. The Wizards, prior to last season's NBA trade deadline, traded Rui Hachimura for pennies on the dollar, although that trade did happen weeks before the 2023 NBA trade deadline. But the Wizards on NBA trade deadline day 2022 made three trades in shaking up the team's roster. Uh, the Nationals, they have been sellers regarding each of the last three MLB trade deadline days, 2021 through 2023. The Capitals sold hard regarding last season's NHL trade deadline and <laughs> maybe doing so <laughs> regarding this season's NHL trade deadline. And the Commanders, this past Halloween, what was NFL trade deadline day 2023, traded edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young, the big four pro sports teams of Washington, D.C. these days are all sellers regarding trade deadlines. When was the last time that we had that? Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. What was, as of early Thursday morning, the number 59 podcast in the country in the U.S. football category on Apple Podcasts. Number 59 in the country among the who knows how many thousands of football podcasts that exist. Thank you very much for listening, for downloading, for subscribing. Uh, We are approaching the three-year anniversary of this podcast, and I have you to thank. So, thank you. Uh, The Commander's Rating of the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff has at the very least been put on pause. Uh, NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com, he in a post on X on Wednesday afternoon reported that the commanders put in a request to interview Cowboys tight ends coach Lunda Wells for the commander's offensive line coaching job, but 
That request was denied. Uh, so Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn has become commander's head coach. Cowboys secondary coach and defensive passing game coordinator Joe Witt Jr. has become commander's defensive coordinator. But Cowboys tight ends coach Lunda Wells apparently will not be becoming commander's offensive line coach. We do, however, have Cliff Kingsbury as the commander's new offensive coordinator. And next segment, we are going to get great insight on Kingsbury's tenure as Arizona Cardinals head coach from a man who knows that tenure very well, Cardinals insider Darren Urban of AZ cardinals.com, which is the team's official website. He is the site's director of editorial content and senior writer. Darren Urban has covered the Cardinals since 2000, and he is going to give us the truth about Cliff Kingsbury as Cardinals head coach. Why did the relationship between Kingsbury and Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray go south? What did Kingsbury do well? as Cardinals head coach. Did opposing defenses figure out Kingsbury's Cardinals offenses as seasons went on? Is Kingsbury a guy who is better suited as an offensive coordinator as opposed to a head coach? I like the commanders having hired Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator, but like many of you, I have questions. You know, you hear things, you read things. What's true? What isn't? Well, we next segment, we'll get the truth about Cliff Kingsbury as Cardinals head coach, courtesy of longtime Cardinals insider Darren Urban. By the way, did you see what came out on Wednesday morning about the commander's now former offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy? So James Palmer, he is a reporter for NFL Network. He on Wednesday morning in a post on X reported that Eric Bieniemy in the lead up to the Kansas City Chiefs 17-10 win at the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship game on January 28th was in Chiefs meetings and spent some time with Chiefs players. Now, Biennemi having spent some time with Chiefs players has come up, but this thing about Biennemi being in Chiefs meetings uh, to me really stood out. I'll read to you directly from Palmer's post on X, quote, Eric Bieniemy was in the Chiefs meetings before the AFC title game and spent some time with some offensive players. Some players have said they've missed EB. Nice to see him spend some time with them. And quote, <laughs> uh, question, is that not illegal per NFL rules? Eric Bieniemy at the time of the lead up to the AFC championship game still was the commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. A coach who was still technically employed by one NFL team participating in the team meetings of and meeting with players on another NFL team? Is that allowed? Is that permissible? I'm asking those questions seriously. Uh, By the way, this was James Palmer on NFL Network on Wednesday. Eric Bieniemy, who was the offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders, remember this past season, left the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the night before the AFC title game in Baltimore, um, my understanding is he drove up, went to the team hotel, met with the offensive side of the ball. Now, there was a play, I was told, up 
that they were going over. And Eric Bieniemy went up. It was an old play. Kind of went through the install with the offense for old time's sake with the entire group. And Patrick Mahomes told us that there were kind of some chill bumps with guys in that room with Eric Bieniemy back in front of them. He said it's just you can feel him and feel his presence when he's in a room. And I had a long conversation with Marquez Valdez-Scantling about EB. And he told me, you know, last year, you maybe at times you kind of tuned him out a little bit. All the yelling. He yells at everybody from Andy Reid down to the janitor. But when he was back in that room that night, I kind of got the feeling that I, I missed it and I took it maybe for granted. Okay, so the Chiefs this season perhaps missed Eric Bieniemy, and that's fine and dandy. And look, I'm not trying to cause problems for Eric Bieniemy now that he is gone from the commanders. But seriously, did we have some illegal activity from Bieniemy and the Chiefs, from EB and KC, while Bieniemy technically was uh, still employed by the Commanders. Uh, anyway, also on this show, I will talk Wizards as I will preview their NBA trade deadline day with some notable items from prominent national NBA insiders. And I'll discuss the Wizards game on Wednesday night. A loss, uh, a 114-106 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers at Capital One Arena. And I'll talk Georgetown basketball. The Hoyas on Wednesday evening lost at Seton Hall 76-70. You can hit me up on X. At Al Galdi, you can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Steve Davis on the commanders hiring Dan Quinn as head coach, right, Steve? Al, it's been a while since I've messaged, but I try to never miss your show. I enjoy your takes on events, decisions, results, etc. This uproar over the hiring of Dan Quinn is comical. Whether the vitriol is because he was on the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff or was previously a head coach, the man has experience, is highly regarded in league circles, and most importantly, actually wanted the job. And he is showing that he could assemble a competent staff relatively quickly. Like it or not, that's something that I'm not sure the remaining candidates would have been capable of. Keep up the good work and thanks. For always keeping your podcast classy. <laughs> uh, thank you for the email, Steve. Yeah, the putting together of a good coaching staff is so important. And hey, maybe we'll look back on the hirings of Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator and Joe Witt Jr. as defensive coordinator as being really bad. Like, how could we have thought that Cliff and Joe were good hires? Uh, but as things stand right now, there is a lot to like with each hire. Kingsbury has a great track record of working with and developing young quarterbacks, and Witt has been maybe the single best secondary coach in the NFL over the last 15 years. The commander's secondary this season, as we all know, was atrocious. What Witt could mean for corners Emmanuel Forbes Jr. and Benjamin St. Juice and defensive back Quan Martin is exciting to think about. Email from Jerry Hughes on the commander's head coaching search that resulted in the hiring of Dan Quinn as head coach, but of course also included Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson and Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who became Seattle Seahawks head coach, writes Jerry, I have really enjoyed your last week or so of commander's segments that I have titled in my mind as Coach Talk. Your insights have been very informative as well as amusing, i.e. Rod Rivera potentially becoming a defensive coordinator for an NFC East rival. After listening to you and your guests during Coach Talk, I have come to the following conclusions. Ben Johnson, the team may have avoided a hire whose basis would have been more hype 
than substance. Anybody who has conducted interviews for a management job vacancy has experienced the challenge of selecting the best person for the job. A subject matter expert in your line of work may be terrible managing other subject matter experts. The interview process sometimes weeds these types of people out. It appears that even though the commanders did not get the second interview with Ben Johnson, the sense is that he could be one of those who is great at being an offensive coordinator, but he also is one of those who would not be, or maybe more accurate, is not ready to be a head coach. Mike McDonald, I concur with your assessment that he would have been an excellent choice. Good resume, appeared to interview well, and he came from what I begrudgingly must admit is a well-run football organization. I do find it humorous that some fans criticize ownership for not moving quickly enough on McDonald and focusing too much on Ben Johnson. McDonald was not available to any team until the Ravens season was done, and he was hired by the Seahawks three days later. There are two sides to the job vacancy process, and sometimes the ideal candidate chooses to go elsewhere. Easy to judge from the outside, but this result is not uncommon when trying to find the best person for the job. Dan Quinn, he is the person who has a lot of everything that you are looking for, but is not considered the cream of the crop. Clearly, in this process, he was not the top candidate, and he knows that. But my experience has been that when a person knows that he or she was not your first choice, this can serve as a motivator to prove to those who hired the person, that those who hired the person ended up making the best choice. The chip on the shoulder complex can sometimes lead to great results. In retrospect, this may be the best person for this job in this period of time. With new ownership and a new general manager, maybe someone who has done it before and who is not Ron Rivera <laughs> may be the perfect fit. As fans, that is what we need to hope for. Bottom line, Al, finding the perfect head coach is a crapshoot. But after 25 years of ineptitude, I take solace in there being a new regime in town making the choices and will reserve judgment until after I see the results. From my optic, though, things can only go up from here. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to your breakdowns this spring as the commanders continue the rebuilding process. Hopefully, this will be a quick turnaround. Uh, Thank you for the email, Jerry. I thought that that was a very smart, rational, balanced email. Uh, But (laughs) remember, Dan Quinn is not using it that word, rebuild. As he told us during his introductory press conference on Monday afternoon, this is a recalibration, not a rebuild. This is a recalibrate, you know, finding our north again. And that starts, you know, with our identity of our club. So, no, I, you will not hear me say the word rebuild at all. Yes. Thank you, Dan. A recalibration. Uh, by the way, You know what the commander's hiring Dan Quinn as head coach now means, don't you? The name Dan now no longer refers to he who used to be the lead owner of our team. For decades, saying Dan, just saying that name, Dan, in reference to the team, meant one person, right? Dan Snyder. But now, saying Dan refers to the head coach, Dan Quinn, or at least can refer to the head coach, Dan Quinn. I like that. Our new head coach's first name removes the exclusivity 
and the taint <laughs> that Dan Snyder had on the name Dan regarding our team for decades. The commanders hiring Dan Quinn as head coach has undanned Dan Snyder. That is a good thing. An underrated aspect of the commanders hiring Dan Quinn as head coach. Well, also a good thing is going with Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service, and it now is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Listen up if you or someone who you know is planning a wedding. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Just call 301-572-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get the discount. If you are planning a wedding, you want great service, but you also want a great price, right? Well, Catering by Uptown provides both. Call 301-572-7744 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Catering by Uptown also can help you if you're planning a party or a corporate event. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. And don't forget about the great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Just call 301-572-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get that discount. That's 301-572-7744. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Hey, please consider following this podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. So here's something interesting, at least to me. Uh, the commander's new offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, he is the first offensive coordinator in franchise history who was previously an NFL head coach. Uh, our team has had plenty of offensive coordinators who went on to become NFL head coaches, but Kingsbury is the first former NFL head coach who the team has hired as offensive coordinator. Uh, the team has had multiple defensive coordinators who were previously NFL head coaches, uh, like Jack Del Rio and Jim Hazlitt and Ray Rhodes, but never an offensive coordinator who was previously an NFL head coach until now. Cliff Kingsbury was the Arizona Cardinals head coach from January 2019 to January 2023. His regular season records as Cardinals head coach were as follows. 2019, 5-10-1. 2020, 8-8. 2021, 11-6. 2022, 4-8. 
and 13. So Kingsbury as Cardinals head coach had a regular season record of just a 28 37 and 1 and did ultimately have problems with quarterback Kyler Murray. But Kingsbury got some really good production Adam Murray, who over his first three NFL regular seasons, 2019 through 2021, had the following rankings among qualified NFL quarterbacks in ESPN's total QBR. 2019, number 15. 2020, number 14. 2021, number 7. But things then went south between Cliff and Kyler. Uh, ESPN NFL insider Chris Mortensen on February 13th, 2022, Super Bowl Sunday, 2022, put out multiple bombshell tweets regarding Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Uh, Mortensen tweeted that Kyler was, quote, described as a self-centered, immature, and finger pointer, per sources, end quote, uh, that Kyler was, quote, embarrassed, end quote, by the Cardinals' 34-11 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on January 17th, 2022, in the wild card round of the NFL playoffs, and that select Cardinals veterans were hoping to reach Kyler on how he could better handle adversity. Uh, Kyler suffered a torn right ACL on December 12th, 2022, and we on December 23rd, 2022, got a report co-authored by ESPN Cardinals insider Josh Weinfuss and ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler detailing problems between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Quote, Murray was lost for the season when he tore his ACL in his right knee three plays into a Monday night loss to the New England Patriots on December 12th. That event occurred after Murray and his head coach had grown increasingly distant throughout Arizona's disappointing 4-10 season, according to multiple Cardinals sources, end quote. And also in this piece was this, quote, in addition to the on-field issues, clashing personalities began to doom the Kingsbury-Murray relationship, trickling down to the rest of the locker room as 2021 spiraled downward and continuing into 2022. Kingsbury has been labeled a player's coach over the years by many on his staff and in the locker room. He's well-liked and has support among his players. Conversely, Kingsbury's aversion to confrontation chafed some players at times. End quote. So what is the truth about Cliff Kingsbury's time as Cardinals head coach? And what might that mean for his run as commander's offensive coordinator? I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, Cardinals insider Darren Urban of azcardinals.com, which is the team's official website. Darren is the site's director of editorial content and senior writer. He has worked for the team's website since July 2007, and he covered the Cardinals for years prior to joining the team's website. So he knows the Cardinals extremely well. You can follow Darren on X at Cards Chatter. Uh, Darren, nice to talk to you again. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. I appreciate you coming back on the show. What stands out to you when you think about Cliff Kingsbury's time as Cardinals head coach? Well, you know, it was it was some it was a run that was trending really well for the first three years, and then the bottom just kind of fell out that last year. Um, and it was kind of weird to see there was a lot of stuff obviously going on in the organization. There were issues with the general manager at the time. Uh, they had some crucial injuries in his final year um and and it, it was really strange because his, in his third year you know this was a team that 
started seven and zero and ten and two, and uh, you know, early on there were people talking about this team making it to the Super Bowl, uh, and then they, they just struggled down the stretch. They lost badly in the playoffs, and then they, they just were never able to recover. And um, I think that, and I, I think the relationship between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray wasn't in a great place by the time it was all over and that usually doesn't help a team either so um i think cliff did some good things when he was in arizona uh i i there's a part of me that feels like i i think he might be better suited just to be focusing on the offensive side of the ball rather than trying to look it over everything as a head coach and um and and that's kind of how, how I kind of view where he is right now. And it'll be, I'm curious to see how this all plays out now in his second NFL chance. And we certainly are hoping that uh, that chance goes well. You talked about the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray relationship. From your vantage point, what happened between Cliff and Kyler? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, I, I think there's a couple things. I mean, number one, when you when you start to have some struggles on the field that tends to leak into that stuff. And, and they were not playing as well uh, in 2022 as they had been in 2021. And, and that was part of it. They had, you know, I, I think their, their roster wasn't quite as good in 2022 um, in terms of how some of that went. And I, I think that they, they just couldn't figure out a steady way for, this offense to go forward with the pieces they had at the time. And I think, I think ultimately Kyler got frustrated with that. And again, some of this too, there was, there was a lot, it it wasn't just, it wasn't just that relationship and it wasn't just, I mean, there were, again, a lot of things were going on in the organization at the time that just probably didn't bode well for uh, Cliff Kingsbury's final year. Cliff Kingsbury's first three seasons as Cardinals head coach were Kyler Murray's first three NFL seasons, and things were trending well. I know that stats aren't everything, but Kyler's yards per pass attempt was improving. 6.9 in his 2019 rookie regular season, 7.1 for the 2020 regular season, 7.9 for the 2021 regular season. When things were going well for Cliff with Kyler, why were they going well? Well, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, when Kyler Murray showed up, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury ran an offense that Kyler Murray was very comfortable in running, and, and what Kyler Murray had run his entire life, whether it was back in high school or, or once he got to college, it was very similar, and I think there was a lot of comfortability there, and I, I think that was a, a big part of it, um, but I think ultimately, when we start talking about when things got sideways, I mean, Kyler, Kyler struggled with the losses and I think that added into it. But when it was going well, I mean, they, they rode Kyler Murray. Now, whether, whether or not Kyler was doing some things, let's say off schedule and, and kind of doing Kyler things to, to make things happen. I do think that happened some of the time. Um, but I, I just think that, the winning, winning helps a lot of stuff, and ultimately, um, I, I think they, there could have been a little bit more growth as they went forward, and it just wasn't there. And then when the hard times came along, and that growth wasn't there, it was it, it got a little more difficult. The thing that has been out there about Kyler Murray's work ethic, 
Uh, we, in July 2022, had that controversy of the Cardinals having put in Kyler's big money contract extension an independent study addendum <laughs> by which he had to study game material for four hours per week on his own to receive, quote, credit, end quote. Uh, the addendum said that he could not study while being distracted by television, internet, or video games. <laughs> and the addendum said that if Kyler failed to meet the criteria, he was at risk of being in, quote, default end quote, of the contract. Uh, the addendum ended up being removed from the contract, but just the fact that that addendum was in the contract initially seemed to say a lot. Bottom line, was Kyler's work ethic an issue for Cliff Kingsbury? No, because that, that wouldn't have been uh, that whole thing. I mean, that, that really isn't a Cliff thing. And I think one of the things, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury believes this when it comes to uh, professional athletes he believes if you're a professional athlete you should be professional enough to do your job and i think he's a little bit more hands-off in terms of uh getting on a player i mean sometimes it has to be done but i think generally he feels like if you're a professional player you should be able to, to take care take care of those things and um i think there are a lot of players that appreciated that but as we all know there's also players and i'm not saying this is necessarily kyler but as we all know there's there's also players that sometimes need a little bit more of a, a firm hand and uh, i i think again uh, Cliff tends to want to believe that uh, these guys can all handle their business because that's how they got to the NFL in the first place. Much more with Darren Urban on Cliff Kingsbury in moments. But if you enjoy this podcast, check out BGO Blind Pig, the official podcast of BGObsession.com. BGO Blind Pig is a roundtable discussion of all things Washington Commanders football. Lots of good and passionate Commanders conversation from Commanders fans who know the team well. You can find the BGO Blind Pig podcast on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, or on any major podcast provider. Make BGObsession.com the home for your burgundy and gold obsession and make the BGO Blind Pig podcast one of your weekly D.C. football listens. We're talking about the commander's new offensive coordinator, former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury with Cardinals insider Darren Urban of azcardinals.com, which is the team's official website. Kingsbury's Cardinals head coach had back-to-back seasons in which the team faded after a good start. Uh, the Cardinals in the 2020 regular season went from 5-2 and two to 8-8. Eight and eight. The Cardinals in the 2021 regular season went from 7-0 and oh to 11-6. and six. Uh, Perhaps this was just coincidence, but was there something about Kingsbury's offenses that lended to his best Cardinals teams fading as those seasons went on? I mean, it's really hard for me to tell. I know there's a, there was a lot of people around here that that got the thought process that the adjustments weren't grand enough as the season went on, and then eventually defenses would catch up to what the offense was doing. And, and I, I guess we'll find that out a little bit more as we go forward. I mean, it could have been a coincidence. You know, again, in some of those situations, you lose key players. You know, DeAndre Hopkins got hurt at a key time uh late in the 2021 season and when you're losing your best wide receiver that's that's going to be an issue and they, they had some other uh, injuries with key players Rodney Hudson the center who was really important he started getting banged up so it's like it, it was hard to tell exactly where that all played into it um, but but ultimately I, I'd like to think that you know 
like any coach, you go through your first NFL experience and then you get a second chance to do something. You, you're guessing that there is a lot learned and you're guessing there's things to change. And I would assume that that's what Cliff Kingsbury is going to do when he gets to the commanders. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, of course, is a disciple and purveyor of the air raid offense. Uh, what was your impression of the air raid offense as it was run with the Cardinals? You know, it's funny. I, I think there was there was a lot of. Uh, I, I think at first there was some uh, not at first, but eventually there became some frustration because uh, you know the one thing the one thing about the air raid and and kind of the, the version of what was being run. I mean, ultimately, when you're you can try and get guys open in the NFL and have them make some moves in, in open space after a short pass, and that's great. But it's not it's not going to be quite the same thing as you do when you do it in college because the college athletes, especially on defense, aren't aren't consistently as good as you're going to find in the NFL. And I think that was part of the issue at times was you're you're trying to run this offense where you're you're on paper it makes a whole lot of sense but when you're going up against you know some of these really quick defenders or i mean even i remember and this has nothing to do with the air raid offense but like kyler murray when he first got to the league you know and he still is very evasive obviously when he's trying to scramble away from defensive linemen but there was a couple times where he got the the defensive lineman who's a giant man was still able to get an angle on on Murray and I think sometimes that surprised Kyler but again you're talking about the best athletes in the world playing all these different defensive positions so I, I think ultimately where they the, the air raid part of it is, is is does Cliff now adjust a little bit more does he does he there, there was a, a thing a constant thing about how DeAndre Hopkins would line up on one side of the field does he does he get a little bit more multiple with where he puts some of his players like uh, these are all things that I would assume that he's he learned about that he understood that you know some things have to be tweaked and and I would assume that would be part of the pitch that he gave Dan Quinn people hear air raid offense and of course pass-heavy offense, and certainly the air raid has its name because of the passing aspect, but the Cardinals, with Cliff Kingsbury as head coach, generated plenty of rushing attempts. Uh, the Cardinals, for the 2020 regular season, were number six in the NFL in rushing attempts. The Cardinals, for the 2021 regular season, were number seven in the NFL in rushing attempts. Some of this has to do with having a mobile QB1 in Kyler Murray, so-called passing plays can turn into scrambles, but what were your impressions of Cardinals rushing offenses with Kingsbury? When they were healthy, when they were healthy in, in that, that beginning part of 2021, one of the reasons they had such a great start that year is because they ran really well. They had a, they had a, a tandem in the backfield with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. And, and obviously you mentioned Murray, who his rushing yards most of the time were coming off of scrambles. They didn't do a lot of quarterback design runs. But the, the two running backs were fantastic for a good chunk of that year. Uh, until, of course, again, I, I, I hate to keep coming back to this, but it got sideways when both those guys ended up getting hurt late in the season. And then all of a sudden, your running game starts to starts to go sideways. But, but when they were healthy and, and when things were going well, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury can run the ball. And in fact, you know, he used to talk about how in college he had some pretty good running teams and everybody 
don't doesn't really acknowledge that. So I, I think he knows that uh, his offense can run the ball, and they proved it at times. And you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out again in Washington. The Cardinals general manager during Cliff Kingsbury's time as the team's head coach was Steve Keim. Uh, he was the Cardinals GM from January 2013 until January 2023. Did Kingsbury have significant player personnel input during his time as Cardinals head coach? I, I don't know if I would say necessarily significant. I mean, ultimately, he's he's going to have a say. He's a coach. But I, I think, and again, this is why I like the idea of him being a coordinator right now, is because I think that's what Cliff really loves to do. I think Cliff loves to grind on tape and drop plays and come up with what an offense can do. And he doesn't have to deal with a lot of the other stuff now that he would have had to do as a head coach, which is having a ton of input on personnel, which I'm not saying he wouldn't want to, but I I think he'd prefer to defer to the GM in that respect. And obviously now the head coach, um, and he wouldn't have to deal with all the other stuff, you know, in terms of, TV shows or meeting with the media or what all that stuff like there's a lot of stuff that I think Cliff would I think he just prefers to be a football guy and I think I think he's in a really good spot right now to kind of like again bounce back from how it ended here in Arizona the Cardinals hiring Cliff Kingsbury as head coach was interesting. He, in November 2018, was fired as Texas Tech head coach. He, in December 2018, was hired as USC offensive coordinator. But he then, the next month, January 2019, was hired as Cardinals head coach, despite having had a sub-500 record as Texas Tech head coach. What do you remember thinking about the Cardinals hiring him as head coach? Well, I mean, I was as surprised as everybody else. But if you recall the time, I mean, that's when Sean McVay was at his hottest and people were looking for hot, young, offensive play callers to be their head coach. Um, There's a thought process that if you get a really good, young uh, play caller and you only make him your coordinator, you're going to end up losing him sooner rather than later to be a head coach somewhere else. So if you just make him the head coach... He's not going anywhere. Um, so I, 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 it didn't shock me on that level. I mean, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury, I didn't necessarily expect that. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of where that was at the time. And, and the other part of that equation was in 2018, the year before Kingsbury showed up, um, the Cardinals had the worst offense in the league. And it was terrible. They had started off – Mike McCoy was their offensive coordinator to start the year. They ended up having Byron Leftwich finish out the year. That was Steve Wilkes one year. Offensively, they just were dreadful uh, on so many levels. And I think when the owner, Michael Bidwell, uh, started looking for a new coach, he desperately wanted something that would help them on the offensive end. Because ultimately, I mean, you need a good defense to win championships. We all know that. But the offense sells the tickets and and gives hope. And uh, when your team is really bad offensively, it's tough to have that hope as a fan base. Final question. The Commanders and Cardinals in the 2023 regular season each went just 4-13. and And the Commanders at Week 1 did beat the Cardinals 2016 at FedEx Field. But the Cardinals, to me anyway, ended up having a much more encouraging season than the Commanders had. Some impressive wins. 28-16 over the Dallas Cowboys at Week 3. 24-10 at the Pittsburgh Steelers at Week 13. 35-31 at the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 17. Also, five of the Cardinals' losses were one-score 
losses. Uh, what'd you think about the Cardinals 2023 season? What was their first with Jonathan Gannon as head coach? You know, considering they only won four games, I, I thought, I thought the year was an incredible success. I mean, I, I when the new GM, Monty Ford and, and Jonathan Gannon came in to coach, I mean, this was a team that desperately needed to overhaul their roster. Uh, they needed to change up the culture. It was just not in a great place uh, with everything that happened and, and the front office and, and Steve Kime leaving and all that stuff. So uh, they managed to do it. Obviously, they lost more than they would have liked. But when you consider Kyler Murray only played half the season, when you consider uh, that roster-wise, I mean, I think a lot of people looked at that roster to begin the year and said, that's not very good at all. And yet they were able to be consistent. They got um, some really good years. I mean, James Conner was fantastic this season at running back. Um, you know, they, they, they need to upgrade their defense uh, a lot. Um, but I think I think the way Kyler Murray ended the season helped them at quarterback. And I do think that they are going to be a team that's going to be tough to deal with. And I think Jonathan Gannon and how he's kind of run things, I think, has a lot to do with that. Yeah, some lessons, perhaps, uh, for the Commanders. Uh, Cardinals insider Darren Urban of azcardinals.com, which is the team's official website. He is the site's director of editorial content and senior writer. Uh, Darren, thank you and all the best. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, this Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 58. The San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs at Allegiant Stadium in Paradise, Nevada, this Sunday evening at 6.30, a whole lot of opportunity to make money via Underdog Fantasy, which offers daily pick'em games that are super easy and fun. Just correctly pick whether certain players in each game will go higher or lower given totals, and you win. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code Galdi and to make a first deposit of at least $10. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy also offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. And take advantage of the free money if you sign up now with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, not that this uh, shocks anyone, but our tanking and rebuilding Wizards have clinched having a non-winning record for this NBA regular season. A 114-106 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night. The Wizards for this regular season fell to 9-41. Uh, that is the second worst record in the NBA. But 9-41 and 41 means that the best that our Wizards can do is 41-41. and 41. So this officially is the Wizards' sixth consecutive non-winning regular season. And this, of course, will end up being their sixth consecutive losing regular season. And we now have arrived at NBA trade deadline day. The NBA trade deadline is on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. The Wizards did make a trade a few weeks ago. The team on January 14th traded two players on expiring contracts, Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala, to the Detroit Pistons for Marvin Bagley III, Isaiah Livers, a 2025 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick. Other players on expiring contracts for the Wizards include point guard Tyus Jones and DeLon Wright. Uh, Both absolutely should be traded, but beyond those guys is where things get interesting. The reporting continues to be that the Wizards are not likely to trade Kyle Kuzma, or at the very least, their asking price for Kuzma is very high. Here was NBA insider Mark Stein on NBC Sports California on Wednesday night. Well, the Kings have been right there with Dallas in terms of pursuing Kyle Kuzma. And obviously, I live in Dallas and looking at the situation, the Kings and the Mavericks, they're in very similar circumstances here for both those teams, for the Kings and the Mavericks. Kyle Kuzma would be a tremendous acquisition as the third best guy on your team, not only because of his offensive versatility and talent, but he has a tremendous contract. The Kings are obviously 
committed to the Fox the bonus pairing. In Dallas, you've got the Luka Doncic Kyrie Irving pairing. Those your 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 superstar duos get very expensive. So to be able to to try to go get a Kyle Kuzma makes a lot of sense. But again, the latest signals as of tonight are that Washington does not want to part with Kyle Kuzma, and they want at least two first round picks. No one has met that valuation yet. The Kings have been active. They've been on the phones a lot. They'd like to make an upgrade. But at this point, nothing has materialized yet. And, you know, we're we're less than 24 hours away now to see if they can manufacture something. But I think they have been pretty aggressive behind the scenes trying to make some sort of upgrade. So, wow, the Wizards want at least two first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma. Hey, I guess it doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, I don't know that the Wizards uh, will be getting two first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma. ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, uh, he on the episode of his podcast, The Woj Pod, that came out on January 23rd, said that the Wizards were, quote, very reticent, end quote, to trade Kyle Kuzma, who is on a relatively team-friendly contract uh, to which the Wizards re-signed him as an unrestricted free agent this past July. Kuzma in the loss to the Cavs on Wednesday night was back from a one-game absence caused by left shoulder soreness. In 32 minutes, 8 seconds as a starter went 5 of 13 on threes, 6 of 11 on twos, and 1 of 1 on free throws. He finished with 28 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists versus 3 turnovers and 2 steals. Uh, Jordan Poole continues to be quite bad. So I am not optimistic about the Wizards trading him prior to Thursday's trade deadline. Poole in this loss to the Cavs on Wednesday night, 24 minutes, 34 seconds as a starter. He went scoreless. Yes, zero points for Jordan Poole in this game. He went 0-5 from the field, 0-4 on threes and 0-1 on twos. And he fouled out. Uh, He did have five assists versus one turnover. Two really interesting names that are coming up are Denny Avdia and Daniel Gafford. Now, I'd be especially surprised if the Wizards traded Denny. He's in just his age 23 season. He overall is having a good season, and he's now under contract for years to come. The Wizards this past October 23rd announced the signing of Denny to a contract extension, what was a reported four-year $55 million contract extension. But of course, all of these things make Denny attractive on the trade market. And Denny in the loss to the Cavs on Wednesday night did not play much. Uh, He played for just 19 minutes, 59 seconds as a starter, including for just 16 seconds in the fourth quarter. And we did have this from ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst on his podcast, Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective. Uh, This is from the episode that came out on Wednesday. If I'm looking at another team that I really expect to do something, I think Washington. Um, I don't think, based on my conversations, that it's going to be Kyle Kuzma. He's the probably the most interesting player. I think it's more likely uh, Tyus Jones. There's been a number of teams that are interested in him. We mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Denny Advia. Avdi- I can't pronounce his last name. Avdia. Avdia. Um has been in some talks, but I, I'd kind of be surprised if they moved him. He, they signed him to an extension before the year, um, but he has been dangled out there. Um, Daniel Gafford is a, another uh, center who could be a starter uh, or be a high-level backup. 
All right. So Brian Windhorst mentioning both Denny Avdia and Daniel Gafford as trade chips for the Wizards. Uh, there are others who the Wizards could trade. Landry Shamit has come up. Uh, some more from this loss to the Cavs on Wednesday night. The Wizards in the fourth quarter did hold a two-point lead, 90-88, but they then allowed the Cavs to go on a 22-9 run for an 11-point lead at 110-99. The Wizards' defense in this game, bad <laughs> against Donovan Mitchell, but actually pretty good against every other Cavs player. The Wizards got ripped by Mitchell, who in 37 minutes, 34 seconds as a starter, went 5 of 10 on threes, 9 of 15 on twos, and 7 of 7 on free throws. He finished with 40 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. Did commit five turnovers, and the Wizards held the rest of the Cavs to just 74 points and just 7 to 25 on threes. Uh, the Wizards' offense was mixed. They went 16 to 40 on threes. You like that? But the Wizards also went just 26 to 54 on twos and getting outscored in the paint 54-42. And the Wizards generated just nine free throw attempts to the Cavs' 22. The Wizards went just a 6 and 9 on free throws. The Cavs did go just 16 of 22 on free throws. So the Wizards were without Marvin Bagley the third for a third consecutive game due to a lower back contusion. But the Wizards did have Corey Kispert, who had a very nice game. Kispert has been doing some really good things lately. Kispert on Wednesday night, 33 minutes, 23 seconds off the bench, 4-9 on threes, 5-6 of six on twos, and 1-1 one of one on free throws. He finished with 23 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, versus one turnover and a team best plus minus rating of plus two. So next up for the Wizards is the NBA trade deadline on Thursday afternoon at three Eastern. And as for actual games, the Wizards have two games this weekend and the games are against two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference at the NBA leading Boston Celtics Friday night at 7.30 and home to the Philadelphia 76ers Saturday night at 7. And whereas the Wizards on Wednesday night clinched having a non-winning record for a sixth consecutive regular season, Georgetown basketball on Wednesday evening clinched having at least 10 Big East losses for a third consecutive season. The Hoyas for this season fell to 8-14 and 14 overall and 1-10 and 10 in the Big East with a 76-70 loss at Seton Hall on Wednesday evening. Kind of a strange game. The game was close for a good chunk of the game, but the Hoyas in the game never actually held the lead. Uh, their defense was pretty good. They held Seton Hall to just 6 of 19 on threes and just 19 of 39 on twos. The Hoyas did allow Seton Hall to generate 28 free throw attempts, but Seton Hall went just to 20 of 28 on free throws. But the Hoyas shooting was not good. They went just 10 of 40 on threes, just 17 of 35 on twos, and just 6 of 12 on free throws. So the Hoyas did commit just five turnovers, but the shooting was really bad. A bright spot was 6'6", North Carolina transfer Dontrez Styles. He, in 38 minutes as a starter, went 4 of 8 on threes, 3 of 8 on twos, and 2 of 2 on free throws. He finished with 20 points, 7 rebounds, including 3 offensive boards, and 2 assists versus 1 turnover. But the rest of the Hoyas went just 6 of 
32 on threes and just 4-10 on free throws. And the 4-10 on free throws was by just one guy. 6-9 Fairfield transfer Supreme Cook as just two Hoyas players generated free throw attempts the entire game. Dontrez Styles and Supreme Cook. That was it. Uh, Cook did have a good game beyond going 4-10 on free throws. 35 minutes as a starter, 8-13 from the field, all twos. He finished with 20 points, 11 rebounds, including six offensive boards, three assists versus one turnover, and three steals. 6-2 Illinois transfer Jaden Epstein, 38 minutes as a starter, went just 3 of 13 on threes. Did go 3-6 on twos, did finish with 15 points, 7 assists versus 2 turnovers and 3 rebounds. Next up for Georgetown, home to number 1 UConn (laughs) Uh, this Saturday at noon. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show episode 759. We'll provide you with more on the commanders. Also on Friday show, I'll talk capitals and wizards. The caps are at the Florida Panthers Thursday night at seven. And we with the wizards have the NBA trade deadline on Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern. Have a great rest of your Thursday and I'll talk to you on Friday. This is a recalibrate you know, finding our north again. And that starts, you know, with our identity of our club. So, no, I, you will not hear me say the word rebuild at all. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.